Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsessions will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dork down for a while. Hi, it's Jackie Cation. Welcome to the dork forest in Aspen, Colorado, by the way. Aspen, Colorado, very glamorous. And uh, I'm here for a pre-New Year's Eve show, and I'm sitting here with a gentleman. I wanted a, a local Aspen dork, and the Wheeler Opera, Opera House was like, yeah, that's an attainable goal. It'll be fine. But uh, let me tell you that what's happening. Patrick Brady, you know, fixes the audio. Vilmos works on the website, has his own podcast. You might want to listen to that. And Mike Rickberg sang the song you just heard, and he'll sing again at the end. My name's Jackie Cation. The website's JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com. There is a donation button. It is January. Everyone should give me $100, and then um, I would have many, many dollars to buy cashews and, and whatnot and wiring. Other than that, um, you know, merch, CDs, whatnot. You're, you've done vital work. Uh, you get it. Let's dive right in. Sitting next to me, local dork luminary, Andrew Cole. Welcome to the program. Thank you very much. I'm very excited. Are you excited to be on I'm the dork I'm excited. Forest? I like to be in a room with a lot of mirrors, which we're in. We are light in a bulb. dressing room at the Wheeler Opera House. We have our own sink, though. We do have our own sink. It was. They were like, oh, you can't be in the in the green room because there's a, a refrigerator. And I was like, yeah, there's By nothing. By the way, that refrigerator has been making noise since, uh, let's see, I've been here 13 years, so that would be like 98, 99. So that's when they got the fridge. And yes. the weird thing is, is, I don't know what's more distracting, the slight hum of a refrigerator or me having to stare in a mirror for an hour well i was i showered and I combed <laughs> you look good the hair i have left and i was very you know so you look good yeah thank you. <laughs> you thank you thank you it's so when i when i asked <clears throat> the wheeler say when you're on radio oh, or my podcasting. god now you live in aspen you live here i moved here in 1998 with my girlfriend barbara she'll love to hear that she wanted to ski for a year right i was recovering from a horrible experience in the mortgage business and real estate business all right in, all uh, right in a place in 98 chesapeake chesapeake virginia okay and um that was witness uh, relocation kind of program. Well, almost. So, yeah. did you come here for the silver boom? Was that it? Was I, I came here some Barbara said, "Oh, let's go for." What happened was we came for a Bonnie Raitt uh, concert. Really, <clears throat> Labor Day weekend, and then the next morning we're sitting at a place which is called uh, a restaurant, which isn't open anymore, called Ute. And uh, she said, you know, it'd be really nice to live here for a year. And I went, okay. And she said, really. And I said, sure. We opened up the Aspen Daily News. And found a place for rent, called them, walked over, rented it. Really? And then I moved back. I moved here on the 8th of, uh, 6th of October, and Barbara came a month later because she actually had a job. She had a job here. Or no, she, she had, had a job. job. There. She was a uh, she was a cl- uh, she does mortgage closing. She was uh, sure. one of those things in New York City. And and does she still live here? No, Barbara married my friend Richard. Okay, <laughs> they are uh, they are coming March first, staying where I live here because I am going back to L.A. Okay, where I have been for three months to uh, continue uh, my last, hopefully last career. Right, which uh, is screenwriting. Yeah, I you're, ended you're, up. You're now a screenwriter. Yeah, I stumbled into this, uh, good or bad or and whatever. I wrote a book of short stories in 1999 that nobody would buy. And what was that called? It was called uh, Seem Like a Good Idea at the Time. Okay. And it was a collection of I Thought Funny Stories. And what happened was I met with a bunch of agents and they said, this is funny, but you're not famous, you're not dead, you're kind of useless. Rare, yeah, essay stories, book. <laughs> Who cared? Nobody cared. Happen. Yeah. So fast forward a number of years, I was on radio on KNFO for uh, 18 months. I got thrown out of there for 
basically pissing off the ski company and a variety of people. <laughs> I, I was really good. My favorite uh, segment was I had a, uh, you'll like this, I think. I had this <laughs> segment where uh, you could win a free dinner at Pinions, which was a very expensive restaurant here. Right. Uh, but in order to win it, you had to name the most, uh, at that time, blacks, now African-Americans in the Valley. And whoever could name the most, because diversity is not our big thing here, All right. uh, won this fabulous you know, $200 dinner. Could name the most local black people? Yes. Yeah. Who the, could name as many black people yeah, who the, lived yeah, in Aspen? The winner got six. Six was the number oh, he won. That is and, nice. And people would call me and say, you're a racist. And I was like, why am I a racist? So that's a, that's a racist question. It's a racist game. I said, I don't, I don't, it's not a, name, name some black people you know. You know, name That doesn't few. seem, and, and, and the thing is, is I bet you there were black people who were like, how come I didn't make that list? Yeah, what there the were. Yeah, people there? called me afterwards. So. They were like, well, there I'm were only sorry. nine. You know, it was like, you know, <laughs> nine was the number. So six was pretty good. Right. Did you have the list in? Had you had you I did. I thumbed the list? down the list because I was afraid I would forget it. Um, <laughs> uh, some, uh, I, I enjoy that know. game. Yeah. I don't mind that game. game. So anyway, so I, I did that and I got thrown off. I ended up on TV <laughs> and I ended up <laughs> on, on Grassroots TV, which was a uh, non a public access station. So no FCC regs. So I could do anything I wanted to do. Right. So Fucking I decided to take the the route of just kind of creating chaos okay and um did you create a button pushing kind of machine well i had a i should have brought my bell i had this orange bell that i used to ring and i'm okay I'd you didn't it, bring the bell I, what i'm okay you didn't bring i figured the bell. you might be <laughs> Uh, but but I'd ring the bell when you were either really good or really b- boring. Okay, okay, boring was you know because you know you can get bored pretty quick on TV as you know. Yeah, yeah. It's, so a guy no, named Spalding Gray, you know Spalding Gray. Yeah, yeah. So Spalding Gray came on my show in I think it was two hundred four, two hundred five, just yeah. before he jumped off the Staten Island ferry. Right, he was here. Right, and uh, he's. He asked me if I wrote or whatever, and I told him I wrote this book of short stories, da 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 And he said, tell me one of the stories. So I told him one of the stories, and he told me I should go and do what he does, go get a stage, go on and perform. And I said, I'm not a performer. He said, well, you're doing TV, you're a performer. You're a performer. I'm like, eh, I don't know. Anyway, so I every week I did a story for a couple of weeks, and the guy that was running Theater Aspen at the time called me and said, I'd love to read your book of short stories. Read the book and there said, I think you should turn it into a play. Okay. So I, uh, we decided that he would... Uh, had you ever written a play? No. God, <laughs> I'd written nothing. Had you uh, read a play earlier? I had read a play because Many I used to do Broadway earlier? advertising. Okay, fair enough. So uh, anyway, he says, we'll write the play and we'll perform it, you know, and one Sunday, you know, kind of a workshop thing. We'll yeah. invite people in. So anyway, eight weeks later, six weeks later, I say, I'm done. And he goes, you're done with what? And I go, I'm done with my play. He says, you know, it takes months. It could take a years to write a play. I said, no one told me that. Right. I just right. wrote a play. So he read the play we made some corrections whatever and we sure. decided to use some locals and do it at uh this was in 2005 during the summer season through theater aspen i was doing my show and the group that did smoky joe's cafe which was this great ensemble from new york and from denver etc cetera, etc cetera, they were on my show promoting that right and they asked me what i did and i told them and i said yeah i wrote this play and right. they said uh when what are you doing i said i'm doing this reading and they said oh we'll do it with you so I ended up with oh my this God. phenomenal, I ended up with a zillion people, this great cast, and it did very well. And then the next year they performed it here. And that's, uh, that's and, amazing. And, I, and that's, that was that. And then I wrote a sitcom called Aspen Bean that nobody cared ever bought. But mm, ran it up the flagpole. That's ran all up you the flagpole. And then uh, with a friend of mine, we wrote a play called Meeting Spencer. 
Oh. Here's a, here's a story that the producer hates, but I don't really care because he's not going to send me any more money anyway. <laughs> so, we, so I write this right. play and I get a call on May 7th at like uh, six o'clock at night. I'm lying on the couch watching some TV or movie. And this guy in turning to me says, I understand you have a, a, a movie, a small movie. I'm looking, we're looking for a comedy. My friend, he's got the money. He's got Occidental Studios. He doesn't have a script. The comedy fell out. What? And I said, I absolutely do. I got up off the couch. I went in, converted the play to a movie. Right. Sent it in. And that was on a Tuesday. Thursday, they called me and said, it's our favorite. We're sending it to director, this guy, Malcolm Mowbray <laughs> in London. And Monday, they bought it. And they thought that was May, <laughs> May 14th. Wait, it gets 2010? better. It gets better. 2009. Nine. 2009. And then in July, they started shooting. Okay, there are people in Los Angeles listening to this show who are who pissed. Are just um, they're sad. They're weeping softly into a cracked mirror because yeah. they've written dozens of screenplays and taken classes and done a, a giant amount of work and um, and it turns out I you had a play. Along. I had yeah. a play that became a movie that got put out and we got decent reviews. We didn't play great. We opened in New York and L.A., which is obvious, but we opened. Right. The movie. The, the movie, movie was opened. shot. It was called Meeting Spencer. Meeting it was Spencer Jeffrey Camber. Two thousand nine, and we opened in uh, April eighth in New York, and then April twenty uh, second in L.A. Just this past year. Just this past year. So yeah. it's still out. Still looking it's for still distribution. Fl- well, we it's still floating around. It's. I think we'll be on Netflix in uh, in March. In, in, in a couple of months. Yeah. A little streaming. Yeah. So meeting Spencer, people could watch it. What about so? Is this something that you're like? Well, what's your next project? Is that something I, that, that I decided are now to, saying? Yeah. Well, I've kind of just I. I kind of decided I really like writing after okay. all my other careers. Plus, what's nice about it is I hang out at this coffee shop in Aspen called Victoria's. Right. Let's plug, plug her. Victoria's. Yeah. Victoria's, where I, where I go every morning. And I write every day there. I'm there from about 8 o'clock till noon or 2 o'clock every day. Okay. I am just there. I have my little air book. I type away. Da, 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 da. Okay. And I've done three scripts there. So I have a, a, a new script I'm writing with a more established writer in L.A. We just finished... I thought it was our second, second or third draft. He told me yesterday it was our first draft, there which I'm go. sure was good. But he's been writing for you know 25 years. Yeah, yeah. And then I, uh, I've got a couple of others. I've got two being looked at by a couple of different production companies, and yeah. So, so you know, good being good is important. Being lucky is way better. And being so lucky far, is I've been um, lucky, right? And yeah. I'll tell you something about Aspen. This place is shot with luck. This place, because it's so beautiful, the only uh, the only uh, what seems to be the sad byproduct is it makes you want to kill yourself really uh, there seems to be a lot of suicide, famous suicides well we happen to be per capita the suicide capital of the world I why wouldn't you, know you? why wouldn't you be because nobody looks up because because <laughs> uh, uh, by the way it's very beautiful here yeah. um, this is what I've decided recently earth good-looking planet good-looking planet um, I have been into some very beautiful areas of the country and uh, this is one of them let me just say that. I don't, yeah, I don't blame you. You got to turn that chair. I want to see you direct, straight on. There it's, we go. You know what? The the audio is better when you're when you're looking at me too. Because okay. uh, yeah, I know. I was I was trying to. There's a little bit of this. Going I know. On. Yeah. Like, well, I, I when I did my show, which I did uh, a little over a thousand TV shows, I stood. I had a high table, like a high bar table, and oh, people right, sat, right. and I would stand. And the biggest challenge, according to Grassroots, was following his following him around by camera. Okay. They liked me right. on my shirt, because this would never have worked. Right. I, I tend to go everywhere. You weed off? You weed off I, a little bit? I Yes. I ramble off and do everywhere. Fair so, enough. So yeah. you have obviously lived in New York and in Charleston. <clears throat> In uh, Chesapeake. Chesapeake. My yeah. apologies, Virginia. It's okay. I didn't really... I lived in Virginia Beach. Okay. At, at a, on, a, on a strip called... Uh, 
um, how was it called? I think it was called Nick's or something. It was this little end of, of the strip. I lived in New York. I grew up in New York. I lived there till, uh, Did you grew up I, in the city. I grew up in the city and on the island. A okay. Bunch of, a lot of people in my family passed away. So it was, we were in and out. And when my father finally right, right. passed away, we, we kind of stayed more on the island. Um, but we were in New York a lot. Right. I learned to drive in Manhattan, which explains why oh. people hate driving with me. <laughs> I did not know there were those lines were for lanes until I was in my forties. Sort of a hey, suggestion. I just, uh, yeah. yeah, I thought it suggest. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I went out to L.A. in '72. Uh, okay, and uh, um, had a couple of really bad. Well, I lived in L.J. Uh, in L.A. in the marina. I had worked in the garment center and made a decent amount of money. <laughs> <laughs> Not necessarily playing the game correctly, but right. but playing the the game, um, uh, which is another well, whatever they'll just sue me. I'm it's sure. Just, I, yeah, I'm, let's just say that there are some angles that can be played. Yeah, I, I right. was like, they give me rules, and right. I stay within the rules. Right. But you know, there's a reason there are boundaries. I'll stay within the lines, but right. I'm very close to the line. You're very close to the line. Right. The thing is, is is it's all the letter of the law yeah. business that you remind me. Of, uh, of a gentleman that I grew up with named Elliot Cation, my father, who uh, encourages... I remind you of your father. Well, you remind me your emotion, because uh, ah, I, th- okay. I don't think you're old enough to be my father. But I probably am. I'm way older than you think. Well, it's all working out for you. Thank you. And look at us, Mutual Admiration Society. There you huh? go. That's nice. There you go. But the, uh, uh, the thing about my father is that um, he's a piece of work, and uh, he... He likes to, he's, he's in his, he's in his middle seventies now, and he's living. I'm younger than your father. You're, you're younger than my father. If he's in his middle seventies. Yeah, he's yeah. 74. Yeah, I'm not as old as that yet. Okay. I don't even know if I'll make it till 74. I don't even know if I can afford to live that long looking at my cash reserve, so. Oh, don't worry about it. My father, uh, had no plan. He made no plan. He made Did no, he? Yeah, and he's doing just fine. Okay. And, mm-hmm. and he's also living, he's, what he likes to, he likes to, he's living with, in this incredibly, like this senior place that, uh, that it's like a, uh, retirement community. It's a retirement community, but it's not. It's just an apartment building. Oh, okay. And it's sort of there. There are people there that can help, but everybody dies. Like every day, someone dies. Yeah. And every day, he's like, so people move to better apartments. But if people move to better apartments, they get a new DVD player. My my father. There's a lot of uh, work in the angles on that. But he walked by. This guy was freaking out. He was about 84 years old, and the guy was freaking out because he had just gotten his. Um, He'd got, he had had to have surgery and right. um, he'd gotten two bills, uh, a $6,000 bill and a $15,000 bill. And my dad was like, well, I don't know why people think they got to pay these health care bills. And you're like, yeah, well, I'm sorry. Just drained your bank account. Right. It's just like, you know, you give them five bucks a month and then if you die owing them money, you win. And uh, so he, my father, <laughs> very bored sometimes and yeah. will help uh, just because he's bored. And and so he, he essentially, he called he he called the hospital and he said he owes you what nine thousand dollars. You're never going to get this money. And the guy's sitting there. He's like, the "Guy's eighty four years old. He's going to be dead next week." It's and and the woman's like, "What?" And my dad will talk you to death. And then uh, by the end of it, the woman was like, "Well, what does he have?" And my dad goes, two hundred dollars." And the woman goes, "Just have him send a check." And then he tried to call the office of the surgeon, but right. the surgeon wasn't taking calls. So my dad puts him in his car, a Lincoln Town car, uh, 2001, but uh, still Lincoln Town car. And they there drive to the surgeon and they go in and my dad's like, 
hey, um, this is so-and-so. He's got his checkbook. He has an outstanding bill for about 14 grand. Um, we'd like to talk to the surgeon if we could. And immediately we have his checkbook. So they sit down and my dad goes, yeah, he doesn't have that money. You're never going to see that money. He's going to be dead in a week. And so my dad keeps harping on the fact that this guy's going to be dead in a week. And so the surgeon, every minute he is spending time talking to my father, he is not making any money. And um, he's like, but I did the surgery. Why wouldn't I get paid if I did the surgery? And my dad's like, yeah, it's not going to happen. You're not going to get the money. It's not going to. And the guy goes, yeah, just write me a check for something. So it was like $700 the guy got away right. with. And so they leave. And my dad, all my dad can think is that the guy didn't want, he's like, hey, do you want to stop for a senior coffee over at the the McDonald's? And uh, and the guy's like, no, no, I don't want to hang out with you anymore. You're a jackass. And uh, he's like, you just saved me 25 grand. But, I, but you're, you're not my guy. You're not a friend. Hmm. <laughs> so... But that's my dad. I mean, he will work within the law. But- my my mother, who uh, uh, had never been sick a day in her life, uh, had a had a stroke right before my play came on, mm-hmm. and she couldn't speak. She stayed at home. She could say yes, no, and shit. Those are the three <laughs> words she could say. Awesome. So uh, she has another stroke about a year later, and they bring her to the hospital, and they pronounce her dead. And I go back to the uh, condo to pick up the paperwork, and I fall asleep because I'm very upset. I'm crying. Da 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 da. I come mm-hmm. back about ninety minutes later. Two hours later and I go to the emergency room and of course she's not there and I, well and I'm like okay where'd you move her and they're like well, move who and I give them the name they go oh I think she's she's took a walk I said she didn't take a walk she was pronounced dead well they when they pronounce someone dead they pull the do not resuscitate slips right so she must have twitched they pulled back the sheet and revived her Oh no! Yeah. So four years later, she fi- well, she passed away in 2011. So that right. was in 2007. So four years in, I cannot tell you how much in in retirement, you know, in in community bills. Just, yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. Just the a best story. The, the two best stories by mother. I'll tell you the second one first. My mother cannot speak. She's living at this place, and two men like her a lot. My mother's very, very good looking. Yes. She look kind of a cross between uh, Mary Martin and Shirley MacLaine. Okay. She's very cool looking. Um, uh, so these two men like her, one is very, very rich, whose right. wife died and one is relatively poor. He can barely afford to live there. The guy that's poor can't see my mother can't speak. And the guy that's rich has bad hearing. So they're like the three, <laughs> you know, the monkeys. <clears throat> so I, I go out and, uh, the guy that's very wealthy says, I want to take you to lunch. I said, no, I'll take you. We go up pizza. And I said, we're at the pizza place. So he pulls out an envelope on my life. I have it still. He says, here, this is for you. If you can do something for me. And I said, uh, what do you want me to do before I even open it? He says, I want you to talk your mother into marrying me. And I said, I don't know I could do that. Right. He said, well, open the envelope. So I opened the envelope and it's a account at Smith Barney for a million three. So he wanted oh. to buy my mother for a million three. Wow. I, in turn, said sold. <laughs> I'm like, sold. So I go back and tell my mother. Right, <clears throat> right, right. And she's like, no, you know. No, and I no, don't. again, yes, no, and shit, and she's writing. Right. And she she liked the poor guy. She would have married the poor guy right. for a buck. Right. But the guy with the million three, no dice. And that went on until she passed away. And then he passed away uh, a month later. Right. Leaving $8 million not to me. Right. Did Thus, you get the million three? I didn't get anything. My mother refused to marry him. Oh, I had worked it out where they knew? could have separate bedrooms. Okay. I had worked out everything. Hey, what I say is that uh, a million, a million three. I'll take half that in cash to try. There How you go. That, that was just... well. I should have had you or your father there with me. <laughs> the other really good story about my mother is in nineteen fifty seven, fifty eight. My mother's on a cruise with my father, mm-hmm. 
and they get on the cruise ship and it says Peter Pan. That's the show they're going to be doing. Okay. And uh, the next day they walk out and they see the big sign canceled. So my mother and father go over. What's wrong? Peter Pan. She broke her leg. We couldn't get a replacement. So my mother says, I'll do it because my mother had just done it in a theater. Right, right. Some community community theater. theater. So my mother does Peter Pan for the week on the cruise. My father plays the piano. I guess he does. Uh, It's a big hit. They invite him back for a bunch of cruises. Fast forward 1978. <laughs> yeah. My father's passed away. My mother's remarried. She's on a cruise with my stepfather, Herb. Mm-hmm. And they're sitting mm-hmm. at the captain's table. I think primarily because my mother was, again, just really stunning. She right. brought pictures, but we're on radio. Who cares? Right. And this woman oh, you sitting can email across from me. her, and she goes, you look really familiar. And my mother's like, I haven't been on a cruise in 20 years. And she goes, you were Peter Pan. I'm Ellen. My mother got so lost trying to get to rehearsals. The <gasps> ship assigned this new girl who was just working there in the office named Ellen to take my mother and get her to rehearsals. Oh, Ellen was now in charge of entertainment for the ship. Oh, my gosh. She was Julie, your cruise director. Oh, very nice. So that's my favorite mother that story. Is a, that is a great story. It's a bizarrely true story. And I still have the cup. Uh, they gave her a gift from the cruise line, this cup thanking her for being Peter Pan. I love stories from the 50s. Yeah. Because uh, I don't know. It, you know how everybody always thinks they're like, oh, the 50s, they were a simpler time. And I was like, no, no, you were a child and you didn't have any responsibilities. Right. It was the exact same time. And but uh, it does feel simpler, though, when you look back on it. Yeah, it was it was an interesting, like I said, less crowded. It was less crowded. <laughs> So it was less crowded, you know. So, so, so what did you do in uh, in seventy two in, in L A? So I got to L A. I had, I was in the garment Were you center. Act? I had some money. Oh no, God no! I just went there. I just need to get. I just was tired and decided to go. You'll just move. It turns out. Yeah. So I I I, pl- I went to two job interviews. One was to be a guard dog tester for a department store. Interesting. They put you in a suit, the bite suit, the bite suit, to go in and see if you'd. Be, and they paid very well. Okay. Uh, did not take that job. <laughs> I've the been next the insane suit. job yes. I went for was to be in a suit again, but to test again for chemical leaks. But they paid an enormous amount of money. You didn't take the... I didn't take either. Trust oh, me. Oh, thank God. <laughs> so I ended up stumbling into doing a sports magazine called LA Sports. Okay. I sold the magazine and the, I sold it on a Friday. I did well. I mm-hmm, flipped it mm-hmm. after a year. Oh, nice. And uh, I'm sitting on the beach and there's a guy named who you might remember, um, Sid Gannis. Nope. Sid Gannis is the head, was the head of the academy for years. He was at Warner Brothers. Da, da, okay. Da, da. Anyway, be he's the notes, reading the people. magazine and whatever. And I'm like, ooh, uh, that, you know, that was my magazine. He goes, what do you mean? I said, I sold it. He said, well, what are you doing now? And I'm like, I'm between things for mm-hmm. at least, you know, look for 24 <laughs> hours. He said, come out to the, would you come out to, uh, Warner Brothers? I'm going to take you to lunch and I want to show you something. So I got, he takes me to, I think it was Le Sur, which was a big restaurant wow. out there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he brings me and he puts me in a room and he shows me a film called One on One with Robbie Benson. Okay. And One on One was a basketball movie with Robbie Benson, Annette O'Toole, and a whole bunch of people. Right. That the studio had vaulted and decided to pull out after Exorcist Part Two. D- Died a violent death. Okay. So he said, how would you sell the movie? Because it's a sports movie. And I said, I could go around the country and show it to basketball coaches. What do I know? Right. He's paying me. <laughs> I think they're paying me like a couple of thousand a week. You sure. Know, to go do this. So I go and I go see Jerry Tarkanian, who's a famous name. Right. Tark the Shark. Right. I go see all these guys. Nobody is like Nobody saying a, a word. Damn. Nobody gives a damn. <laughs> I go to Louisville, Kentucky, and Denny Crum sees the movie. Denny Crum is... Was a was a former coach at UCLA. He's now at Louisville. Da, da, okay. da, da. He's like, oh, it's yeah, whatever. 
<laughs> the next morning on the front page of the paper, Crumb sees truth in film about college basketball, which was all about corruption. Right. Paying off kids or whatever. Well, the next day, Crumb is offered the UCLA job, and three days later, we're on Wide World of Sports, and within a week, we have 121 radio sta- uh, TV <gasps> stations Sports guys, not not the reviewers. Right. All the sports guys call in for clips. Right. So we did like twenty two million, which was a ton in those days. The right. movie was like a dollar. Did you get to meet Howard Cosell? Uh I met Howard Cosell. I've met a couple of people in my long time. I my favorite one of that whole group, I met Muhammad Ali. Oh my god. Um well I was doing my sports magazine, so I got yeah. to interview a lot of people. So they ended up offering me a job at Warner's and they said, Do you want to be in production or do you want to be in promotion? And like a moron, which is mm. I figured promotion because that's the only thing I know. Right. So I ended up there. That um, hasn't stopped anyone else. Yeah. For yeah. not being in production. I know, I know. <laughs> and so I, I went there and then I got involved in product placement in film you know with yeah. you know the big Reese's Pieces thing and we did this thing with Burt Reynolds and Hooper and all this other crap right and uh and 35 up, years later you're a writer and 30 Spring. yeah it was wow. 35 years later yeah wow I stumbled into being a it was a pure stumble I'm not bad I write good I think I write really good dialogue even the reviewers that didn't necessarily love the movie like the dialogue okay because I've done so many shows and I've listened to so many people so every time I see a character I pick some loon who was on my <laughs> TV or radio show and think okay that's them but this is their guy. job yeah and I have a really good audio memory okay. so it's so I can I, so I think that's probably my strength and right. we'll find out I'll either sell some more stuff right. or I have my backup plan as I have a lot of friends who have who are relatively well off right and they always say come visit if you want to stay a month and write you can live above the garage we have a great apartment Ooh, a patron so i am going to tour the country until i die if right. i run out of money <laughs> and live above garages Little that's fun. my backup plan you know what i want to be <laughs> I, I don't mind that as a backup plan yeah. wouldn't it be nice to have uh, enough money to have a fonzie apartment that you could just uh, offer to people you know the the fonzie right. above yep. the garage right. that's what i want i want a fonzie apartment well i've got one in the hamptons a little okay. room in the hamptons i've got one in austin texas okay i have one in south beach i have good locations those are nice locations yeah, yeah i don't go to crap no, uh, no 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 do new york for a month or two uh Right. Potentially during the year. So I've got some pretty decent, I could rotate around pretty well. You could at least spend six months a year sort of wandering about. I believe I have to do it for 12 because by then I'm relatively destitute <laughs> living on Social Security. And I figured out I could, if I don't have to pay any rent. Right. I could make it work. You could make it work. Yeah. You could make. Yeah. yeah. I'm good for about four or five years of writing and then I'm probably pretty poor. Okay. Maybe okay. six or seven if I get lucky. Okay. So I'm thinking I, I, I should be able to sell another one purely based on luck. Right, pure, purely based on the fact that you sold one, and there's yeah. people that are just like, "Oh, this guy's a he's, a, he's established." He's he's, a- yeah, he's. I get into meetings. I've met with a, you know, they let me in. Right, right. You know, I, had, right. I, I, they take meetings with me. The weirdest part is every place I go, I'm like the oldest guy. I'm like the new old guy. They'll go, "You're new at this." I go, "I'm the new old guy," because no <laughs> one love is that my. Comment. But because nobody ever mentions how old they are. Yeah, and they. One guy said, um, "You know, if you know." You realize that if we take this and do a couple of things with you, you know, you'll be like in your seventies before you really. Uh, I yeah. said that'd be okay. I'm not, where am I going? Right. Other right. than the garage, other right. than the apartments over the garage, I have no plans. Other than your tour that you're planning. Other than my tour. So. Yes, exactly. So, so um, did you? Do you like? Um, what kind of? What, let, let's let me ask what I always ask, which is ask what me. kind of stuff do you like to read and consume? And I don't. Interesting enough, read as much as I did. Um, 
Like, because I write all day and oh, I have right. to read what I'm writing. Oh, I am so a huge working. TV. I am a, I'm a, I'm a really bad, like whenever I've met someone and they'll go, Oh, I don't watch TV. Do you? And I'll go, nah, <laughs> you know, if they're cute. <laughs> But if they're not as cute, then I'll go, you know, I really watch TV about 14 hours a day. This won't work. It's a real good in and out deal. Right, right. It's a, it's a, it's a nice deal breaker. It's um, a nice deal breaker. So I see a lot of movies. I've probably seen. Did I, you get to see that new Mission Impossible? I've seen every. I have seen. Well, almost everything here from the Academy of Screenings, because I'm, I got a, I got my Writers Guild card. Which, oh, right, Which right. made me, which is my favorite. That's, yeah, that's my, it, that's the coolest thing of all. Is I love that your my favorite writers. union? How many unions have you been that's in? That's it. I'm only in one. That's the only union. Well, that's the only one that anyone paid me money to do anything. Oh, right, right. I might, I'm, I'm thinking when I, I'm going out to LA and, uh, I'm going, I was in LA for three months. I'm going back in February for three months. And then I'm thinking of moving for a couple of years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Even though I will be one of four billion people writing out there. Yeah, but, but I know a bunch of people. I thought maybe I'll go get my SAG card. Maybe they'll find me yeah. something to do. They need an old Jew to do something. <laughs> you know, what movie doesn't Sometimes. need an old Jew to do something? Sometimes they need an old Jew to just sit and they'll you know, fly to Coney Island. What kind of bagels do you want? How many, you know, yeah. we, we have a special. It's a dozen. <laughs> we give you 13. So I think there's roles for me. Right. Do I don't think I really want to do that. But I, but I, and I might go back and try to do a show of some sort. Oh, but out there, which might a be A serial? Yeah. I don't know. I'm just, you know, who knows? Whatever they'll let you do, essentially. Anyone who'll give me money vaguely. Right. And you must be racking in bucks for this. It's hard to be me. It is genuinely hard to yeah. uh, sustain, uh, I don't know, any sort of interest in others when I'm making so much money. It's nice. About being you. Being the, the Dork Forest. The Dork Forest is actually uh, people so, who donate it. So nice. when you, I heard the name of it, I absolutely uh, made an error. Oh, did you? I did. What did you think? What did you think? Well, oh, that's right. You brought notes. Well, I don't know if you realize that a Andrew whale, Cole, by the way, oh, Andrew Cole, by the way, a whale's penis. Oh, yes. It's called the dork. Yes. So I thought this was all about just a giant dick joke. Sexual. I didn't know. You know, I don't know if you realize this. The whale's penis is uh, 15 feet. Well, uh, testicles, 22 pounds on average. <laughs> And that's some uh, Rocky Mountain oysters. I'm yeah. telling you right there. And, and the description was uh, the tool used to wean and convert lesbians and virgins into useful, productive members of society. Where I, was I that from? This. That's Urban Dictionary. Urban Dictionary. Okay. Now, sperm. Yes. This is their definition of sperm. White squiggly liquid, which causes your life to be ruined when it reaches a woman's egg. Uh, that is for you. That's a little hacky. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, just, uh, I, I got Oh, confused. the penis is a tool to use to wean and yes, convert lesbians and virgins. I it's thought the, the, the whale penis was oh, the, the well, dork. Was, I think that would kill females. I was going to be like, feet, well, what we've decided to, <laughs> what we're going to do is we're going to kill lesbians right. in the 12th century. So and, um, I, I got confused. So uh, define dork in your dork forest for me. Well, there's dorks and nerds and geeks. And, okay. um, and so I have been asked on many occasions to define, to define dorkdoms. What I just, I used to do a joke in my act about, um. You don't do the joke anymore. Well, I still do it on a, um, if I'm. Are you going to do it tonight? Probably not. Okay. Uh, just because. What if I, I yell out from the audience, do dork the dork forest, joke, dork forest, dork forest. Yell. forest. You could yell it. Okay. And I could talk to people. It's, here's the thing is the dork forest is essentially the, one of the punchlines of it. So if oh, you did yell that, that I'd would actually it. be a bit of a spoiler. What if I yell out punchline? <laughs> That's less, that's even less positive. But if you could do it during Augie Smith's act, that'd be fantastic for me. Dork Forest? Um, anything. Just punchline. Okay. And, uh, and I'll then during Stewart, just yell, shut up! Shut up! Okay. And, uh, no. Those guys, uh, those are the other guys that I'm doing the stand show with. They're very funny. And, um, 
But the Dork Force... I don't understand why you're not just doing the whole show. It is... Um, I, I've seen you, and I was thinking to myself, why would Graham book anyone else but you? Well, look at you. Well done, sir. Thank well you. done. It's, uh, no, you're did, no, you're I, nobody's fool. I did 1,500 shows, and people came back, <laughs> even even after being scared to death. Exactly. It's You know what I like about your career, though, is that is that you say that you fall into these things, and then you do. end up doing things and making a perfectly fine living uh, for many years, and... I just interviewed Kevin Eastman, who is one of the co-creators of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, my God. And uh, that guy, what I loved about Kevin Eastman was that he is, no one is more aware than he is of how lucky he is. Because he, they made Teenage Mutant, him and Peter Laird made Teenage right. Mutant Ninja Turtles. They self-published. It took off. They made a gajillion dollars. And there was turtles on ice. I mean, they were willing to there sell. There were turtles everywhere. Whatever you wanted to do. Right. And so um, he's actually selling the original uh, drawing of the Ninja Turtles oh. for $600,000. Right. I was like, what 32-year-old billionaire you know, I believe is that I have an go? original of that in my house. I didn't know it was worth that much. <laughs> I'll have to go find it. Yeah, you go find that. I will find that. And, uh, mm-hmm. But what it's in, because... Um, Could you sell it for me on stage tonight if I bring it? <laughs> yes. What I like about, what I but what I like about the the falling into the business kind of thing is that is that you fall into it and then sometimes you think oh i did this you know this is this is oh i'm very good at this it turns out and that's exactly what kevin eastman did he started a publishing company he was like well i'm gonna i'm gonna reproduce this i'm gonna make other people's uh you individual unique ideas artist owned creators and i'm gonna start my own publishing company and he did called tundra and uh he lost 14 million dollars but the thing is is i just love how he just kind of laughed it off well because he had left if i you know losing 14 million when you have 14 million isn't quite as funny right losing 14 million if you have have a uh, hundred million, million yeah. it's like yeah it's 14 percent. not the worst thing that ever happened. right it could be could be yeah, worse could be could be worse uh i lost a lot of money at one time but but i didn't have uh i a was i was back to uh i think i was back to uh two hundred dollars ten twenty dollar bills sitting on a bed going oh my god what am i going to do now what but matters. i always survive i I've, I've i've been a uh you know you fall down if you don't get, you know, I hate to say like, you always yeah. have to get up. My attitude, even when I did my show was just keep going. You know, yeah. fearless was kind of like my theme. The, what people liked and disliked about my show was, mm-hmm. A, I didn't prep. Right. Because I thought it would be boring to know anything up front. <laughs> and second of all, I would ask them anything. Right. And no, no. And I had a phone. So if I did, if, if things weren't as good as I'd like, or I didn't think they were like, I said, let's call your mom or dad. And we would call parents and brothers and ex-wives. Really? I had, Alec, I had, uh, who was on, uh, William Baldwin was on at okay. one time and we called Alec, who then reviewed his brothers and his opinion of what their best and worst qualities oh, were. Oh my God. And we did, we had, we had a really good time. I mean, we had a really yeah. good time on that show. Um, and a lot of weird stuff, but I, my attitude has always been is, okay, go walk in, go do it. What are they going to do? They throw yeah. you out. I've been thrown out of, I got thrown out of food and wine. I got thrown <laughs> out of the St. Regis. Sure. Uh, I remember Jackie Brown. Yeah. Yeah. She, she threw me out. Okay. Uh, she had this comedian Wait, no, called no. Debbie Gutierrez. I know Debbie Gutierrez. Don't mention my name. Oh. She's, she's still angry at me. Debbie Gutierrez. Think about Debbie Gutierrez. We did a, uh, a benefit once for child she's abuse. She's very nice. She is but very she nice. She got angry at me. Well, she, we did a benefit for child abuse and she does a chunk about hitting her children and um it did not go over well but i loved the chutzpah 
of yeah. her doing it. I was like, you, you might as well. Well, yeah, this group here during HBO comedy called Big Time, and it was this group that supposedly made a porn film, but they didn't know it was a porn film, so they wouldn't let him run it here, and then okay. the guys got arrested. Anyway, but it was a big con that they told me about because they needed someone in the media to help them push the the, the, the game. Okay, and the story. Story. So yeah. I see her, and she's coming on, and I said, look, you can either come on by yourself, or you can come on with Big Time, but understand, they're not porno stores. It's a big goof, da-da-da-da-da. Right. So you pick. So she goes, no, I'll go on with them. So she goes on with them, and it is not good. It was Debbie Gutierrez in Big Time, and it, it didn't go well. It it burned. So we get done, oh, and I'm like, I felt brutal. really bad. So I decide I'm going to go see her act at the uh, St. Regis, and in return, I'll get to talk about, you know, she's got this new sitcom, whatever it is. I'm going to be, I'm going to promote her. Right. I felt bad. Right. So I go there and up the door, and some guy says, uh, uh, Andrew Cole, and I go, yeah, he goes, wait over here. And I'm like, oh, maybe I'm going to get a good seat. <laughs> so Judy Brown comes out and goes, uh, you can't come in. And I'm like, Judy I, Brown, Judy. not Jack. Jackie Brown. Jackie Brown's a movie. That's no, what Judy that, Brown's the agent. Judy Brown's the agent. Got no, it. No, there not we go. Jackie Brown. Jackie Brown will like me way better. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so Judy Brown goes, you can't come in. I'm going, of course I can come in. I have a badge. I've got this. She goes, no, you're not welcome in the show. And then she makes this huge mistake because everyone in that crowd kind of knows me. Yeah. Because my show was on, you know, we did five shows and a week. And it was here. An hour. We did five shows a week. You an know, hour every day? Yeah. Holy crap. About nothing. You know, right. about what I did for the day. <laughs> it's always about what I did for the day. So she goes, you can't come in. And I go, well, I can. And she says, no, you can't. She And then she says, as a matter of fact, I want you to leave the hotel. And in my brain, it's like, the stars are shining. I'm not leaving. So she calls security. And I'm like, I'm not going. And there's people online going, he's, don't leave. Don't leave. And, and now the people there are writing whatever. And you know. When was this? Like this a couple was in, of years ago? No, or? no. This was 2000, ooh, maybe 2002, 2003. Early 2000s. Yeah, early 2000s. So she, uh, so they, they end up calling the regular police. Uh, Rick Magnuson is a friend of mine and Rob and everybody comes over and they're like, what'd you do? And I'm like, I, and they Tried tell to go see a and show. they go, so what, you know, what do you need to, you know, we need you to leave and I'm not leaving. I said, you know, if you'll, you know, if you'll let me roll through a few stop signs, give me a pass there, like a get out of jail free, I'll go home. So we make kind of a deal, you know, whatever, and we leave. <laughs> And, and you I, were a piece of work. I, I like did, you. I did. The other great throwout story being thrown out was I did this thing called you uh, food and wine. Right. So I, my question is, do you spit or swallow? Ah, uh, yes. This they don't get pissed at. This, this they, they're I'm like moved. they think it's funny. They think they're just like ah, oh, the hilarity. Yes. yes. The next year, I do a thing where I make believe that I am working for the tobacco companies called Smoking After Sixty, and I am there <laughs> serving people to find out. If, if they start smoking after 60, if, because we don't want to go after kids anymore, but I have a study from the Surgeon General that says if you've never smoked and you start at 60, the chance of dying of cancer or getting sick are point zero zero one two. And I've got this sheet. I print right. this whole sheet. Yeah, yeah. You and typed it up. Mario, Bartel, uh, Mario Batelli's on. Right. Uh, 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 what's his name? Uh, the one from New Orleans. All these chefs because oh, right, they right. smoke. Yeah, Emerald, Emerald, yeah. Emerald. And I'm going along, and there's some woman got a little upset, so she tells this woman who's the head of PR there, who does not like me in the first part, mm, right. she comes out <laughs> and says, uh, stop the show. And I'm like, you know, you know, we turn this off. All right. And she starts railing at me, cursing at me. I should be in the corner. I can't set up here. As a matter of fact, I should be in the corner. I should face the other way. You're a disgrace. You're an asshole. It, it's, it's like a dunce. cursing at me. Yeah. Well, I didn't turn off the sound. 
I only turned off the audio, the visual. Uh-huh. So I looped that into a half hour show, and then I was asked never to come back. But uh, it was a good show. You know, <laughs> I love the pause. It good, but it was, but it was a funny thing. It, it was, was funny. It is funny. It, was, it is hilarious. funny. It's, it is hilarious. Talk and about, the fact that's awesome. The that's thing probably is, my favorite throw out. That is uh, that is a fine moment where because the thing is is you're like well if you're not going to like me and you're going to think I'm a dick anyway, I might as well do the dicky thing and have a good time doing it i had a friend i had a friend named jay thomas okay jay Jay thomas is a radio in la and he was replaced by howard stern years ago and and both of them in through whatever said to me if you're going to go do tv or radio what you need to do is decide do you want to be well liked you want to be listened to howard used to say that if they like me they listen for 10 to 12 minutes if they hate me they'll stay on for hours right so i decided no one knew me i could be the push the envelope guy what do i know right right just keep the stakes are very low stakes yeah (laughs) so lord i can do i'll leave i don't I don't really like skiing that much anyway. And I just could get away, you know. Um, But people like the fact that you just push them from city councils to, you know, whatever. There was no one... There was no one out of bounds, and we did other good stuff. We did this thing called uh, Nonprofit uh, Wednesday, where we would promote nonprofits. Yeah. And we were very big supporters of kids. Like if kids had anything, we would go rise to the occasion yeah. to. So, so it was plug all so that parents stuff. didn't dislike me. It right. was more the the people that were doing stupid things. Right. It was that I would a, point out. Right, and the occasional my job. Right, because most of the sh- like most of my show is incredibly positive, but I will occasionally say things that are jackassery. Right, and um. I'll just say them because I don't, I, I, I don't know. I talk to too many people. And so I just say things. If it seems dumb, I just say it out loud. And then, and then I think about editing it out later because I listen to the show well, and do notes and it isn't fair to edit it out. I did, fa- I, I did. One of my things was when people come on and say, we don't edit. I edited twice in my life yeah. twice because kids would have ended up in big trouble yeah. for what they said. But that was if it. other people, my favorite, you'll love this favorite kid story. Yes. Four high school kids driving back from a big party get stopped at a stop sign. They they roll through the stop sign. The cop stops and looks in the back. They got cans of beer. Da, 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 da. They're like, "You're drunk," and they're like, "Yeah, but we, we're okay. You know, we got to, <laughs> uh, you know, we got to, we got to drive. Yeah, but- we have a designated driver." And it's like, and, and he says, "Well, you know, I've got to call your parents." He says, "No, you know, look, we got a designated. We did the right thing." Then the cop pointed out the designated driver was 14 and didn't have a driver's license, <laughs> which I thought was a great bit. Ah, uh, that uh, is awesome. Yeah. So I've had some very interesting, you yeah. know, bizarre. Our, I, my neighbor and I grew up with, and when I was in L.A., was Andy Kaufman. So my, I know you remember him, but my he was condolences. Little, yeah. Well, he was a piece of work from you know nine years old in his yeah. room. I mean, everything in that movie was what he was like. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, he got, he changed and became insane. Right. Uh, first, who doesn't want to be? Yeah. Who, who doesn't, doesn't want to grow be? up and be insane? Yeah. But I used to go watch him and all those guys perform at clubs at night when I was in L.A. in the in the early seventies. No, I was late seventies. Late seventies. I was seventy. Uh, like 78, 75, 70, 75 on up. 75 wow. through 80 or so. So Letterman and Leno and... Letterman, Leno, Richard Lewis, Richard... Brenner, I think, was rolling right, around. Right. On those. Brenner lives here, kind of, or used to live here mm-hmm. for a while. So he he's doing something here. He's Brenner doing the next fest. Yeah, he's, he's doing, doing the 2012 fest. Right, yeah. Um, you get some so, great comics coming in. But. Yeah, yeah. So I, I uh, not something I could ever do. I tried to do stand-up once. It was oh, such you? a failure. It was, it was beyond a failure. It's. I don't really tell. That's jokes. weird. Yeah, yeah. You're a storyteller. But I, you know, storytellers in the '70s were like, uh, sh- where, "Tell me the joke." 
Right. Now, I, punch, now if I started to do it, I could probably get away with it. You could I, also just go to storytelling salons. I do. Well, there used to be a company called, you know, the girls who do spin, uh, sit and spin. Yeah, I do sit and spin. Okay, so yeah. the sit and spin, the two girls that started, yeah. I'll tell you, what, do we have time? I'll tell yeah. you a great story. Jamie Kennedy. So so Jamie Kennedy's coming on my show. We're doing a live show at 6 o'clock, 2002, whatever the hell it is. And the sit and spin girls are going to come on after him. So it's an hour show. He's going to do the first half hour. They're going to do the last half hour. Nice. This, the agent walks in. His manager walks in and goes, uh, uh, we need to see the questions you're going to ask Jamie. And I go, uh, I don't have any questions. And she goes, <laughs> well, how long do you expect? How long's the segment? I said, a uh, half hour. She goes, what do you mean a half hour? I said, well, I do an hour show live. He does a half hour. We take a break. We eat pizza. And then we bring on the sit and spin girls. And she's like, well, he's not going to do that. Uh, I, she says, well, he'll do six minutes, eight at the most. Oh, I'm like, weird. I'm like, okay, whatever. I'll be yeah. sit and spin girl. I don't care. Yeah. Now, one interesting about my show was my crew was all kids. It was oh. an intern program for the high oh, school. Okay. So my camera guy was like Boogie's son, Bo. He was like 12 years old. Okay. I, it was all bizarre. And dogs walked around and we ate pizza and it was just. Because it was public access. It was public. You could just so everybody's do anything. 14. <clears throat> yeah. So. Jamie Kennedy comes on and he's standing there and he just done Malibu, Malibu. Oh my God, with Nick Swartzen, yeah. Right, and this producer's with him or his director. I don't know what he was. So, what's your phone? Don't oh, worry. About I it. turned it off. I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> now I've ruined it. Obviously, I didn't turn it off well. Anyway, so uh, they come on the show and oh, he's standing there. So I said, "Do you want your your director or partner in your movie to come on?" And the and he goes, "He can just come on the show." And yep. I'm like, sorry. <laughs> uh, in a moment, I will have to get up because it's driving me insane. Who you, is- you can do it. Okay. As long as you don't take the call. That's my... It was on silence. That's why I'm confused. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. Okay. So he gets on the set. And I and I said to her, I said, so write me some questions. So he oh, okay. she gives me questions. I said, do you want him to come on? And, she, and he's like, what do you mean? I said, he can just come on the show with you. And he's like, well... Really? And I'm like, I don't care. Right. So this guy comes on the show with, with yeah. Jamie. And Jamie's sitting there and he says, this, you know, I'm Jamie Kennedy and this is the Andrew Cole show. Right. That's how I had it. So I said, so here's my day. I, I, I talk to your manager and I tell the story about the fact he'll only do six minutes. Right. Maybe eight. And he gives me the questions. And I said, so let me read you the question she likes. Yeah. And, and he goes, and he's kind of not sure what to do because he thinks right. I'm just nuts. And he says something like, so what do you think of the questions? I said, I think they're like fucking awful. <laughs> You're allowed to curse here, right? So he goes, yes. you can say fuck. And yeah. I go, it's public action. Do whatever you want. He says, what do you mean anything? I said, what do you want? I got a phone. Who do you want to call? Right. So he proceeds to call his girlfriend who's in LA. Right. And during the conversation explains there's a blizzard and she won't be in tonight, but he's doing the midnight show. And mm-hmm, for him to mm-hmm. perform well, according to Jamie, he needs to have sex prior. Right. And she's not going to be there because her flight got canceled. Uh, so he asked permission to get a blowjob from the maid on uh, the air. Yes. Of which time we don't have that many lines at the station, but yeah. everyone lights up. Right. <laughs> he is on. Because it's live. He's now, it's now 40 minutes later. Oh, my gosh. I mean, he's telling stories. He's never leaving. Right. And the sit and spin girls are sitting there. And I said, so we're going to have to take a break. I said, you know, yeah, I thought you were coming for eight minutes. I'm right. happy to have you. Right. 
But so they're like, no, no, let him just stay. And I said, no, let's get him on. So yeah. But that was my Jamie Kennedy. Oh my uh, god! And he was a great guest. He a was great, very funny. Well, the thing is, his managers and the and producer people always think, oh, what you know, he was okay. The guy, I liked him. At the he end was of a the perfectly sh- nice guy. But he always they always think that you care more about stuff. I remember Doug Stanhope showed up at some co- college gig, and the and the kid, the college kid, who's always the person who drives you around. There's some college kid uh, was super apologetic because they were supposed to get. Perrier and they couldn't find Perrier and they got a different brand of sparkling water Mm. and Doug Stanhope is like I don't drink water I drink beer I don't know what you think I'm drinking besides beer but I'm only drinking beer and uh but I mean because there's these expectations there's always this very it's very strange I have no and and it was and it was such a bizarre at the end of the show his manager or or yeah I don't know said to me he said so I haven't figured this out he's I I don't understand if you just let everything happen and you don't care. Right. There's dogs walking around. There's, there's kids. Or if this is somewhere orchestrated. This is the most <laughs> orchestrated genius. He said genius orchestration of a show I've ever seen. Right. So I said, I'm going to go with genius because right. it sounds better it, than whatever. Then I'm phoning it in. It but does not. I, I just, my theory was who's ever there, it doesn't matter. And I yeah. would talk to my camera crew. I had this kid. Yeah. So I had this kid who, for some reason, some uh, Aspen Sojourner magazine comes on, and I said, okay. the kid who's at the, he's at the camera. I said, so, um, I can't remember his name. I say Alex. I said, so spell Sojourner and win a pizza. So he can't spell Sojourner. And the next day it's something. I said, spell this. So we go like a week. Right. And now we're in the second week, and he can't spell anything. So I finally said, I said, you know, I, I'm feeling bad for you. Spell prostitute. Right. So he spells prostitute. He's like 13 <laughs> years old. And his mother calls. And I said, hi. Yeah. I'm on the, you know, and she goes, hi. I go, uh, she said, I just saw my son. I said, and she goes, thank God you gave him a word you could spell. <laughs> Everyone was picking on me. Oh, that's awesome. So it was a very, it's kind of like, I mean, you can just have fun. Yeah. And, and that was my whole attitude was do anything. Don't hurt anybody. Right. You know, right. Mostly, there's, there's no point know. to it. The, well, and what I say about the dork forest is that it's a safe space. And what I like to also say at the dork forest around minute 51 is here's your opportunity to tell me that you're really into Japanese sneakers or, or walks. Um, here, what happens is, is, is I end up chatting with somebody for the first 45 minutes. Right. And I don't. Sometimes I, if, if they haven't told me what they're truly like, their dorkdom is. Right. Like you're just, you're just a troubadour, quite honestly. You're just a, a guy that tells stories and is a I bard. Was, uh, and- I was, my nickname on my show was I, under my name, it had provocateur. I like Provo- to I think oh. of myself as a provocateur on that show. I like it better than button pusher. It's a. Uh- <laughs> I didn't, do, you know, button pushes deliberately. I just yeah. kind of stumbled into it. Right. I just. Exactly. Uh, I, I used to tell people, a, I used to tell people one thing you don't want to do is lie. Cause if I know you're lying, I'm going to torch you. <laughs> I said, pass. Say I pass. <laughs> I pass. I was on the show. Someone came on and they said, Oh, I don't want to answer that question. I asked again. And I don't want to answer that question. I asked again. They said, Oh, and they answered it. And I said, well, you're lying. You know that. Right. And there, and we get done the segment and she's like all pissed off and she goes, well, I don't understand why you, why you did that to me. I said, I told you to pass three times. Is it that you couldn't count to three? <laughs> I said, you were there. You just, why did you answer again? I told right. you I was going to push you. Right. Right. So, right. People Third are straight. Yeah. So yeah, they're not always. Where do you do your show every week? 
Uh, I do. I do. Uh, I do it. I, I usually air twice a week, Tuesdays and Fridays. Oh, and you and do it in L.A.? When, do you live in L.A.? I live in L.A. I live in Van, beautiful downtown Van Nuys. I have. I lived in Studio City for years. Very lovely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would love to. I'm going to invite myself if when I come to L.A. and You want to come thrill, to a... I would love to come to a show with you in L.A. All right. Let's, I'll wear uh, shorts. You'll wear shorts. There'll <laughs> possibly be a sandal. Uh, uh, do you do a sandal? I don't. I, I do a lot of ripped sneakers. I have a lot of old sneakers that <laughs> with, the rubber's falling off, but Oh, fair I, yeah, enough. yeah. Okay. I'm more of that than a sandal. Than a sandal? Yeah, I'm kind of a ripped sneaker. It's I have a lot stay. of old vintage. That They all have holes in them, so I just call them vintage. Right, right. I was going to say, do, do you have clothes that are... Like, I, I know people that have clothes uh, that they've had for many 1984. years. 84. you bought that. That's a cowboy shirt right there. Yeah, you got cowboys? From the Gap. It's an old Gap shirt from 84. Yeah. When was the Gap opened? I don't know. I think 84. Maybe 84, but it's got its... Uh, it's got yeah, its Gap yeah, tag yeah, and everything. Yeah. It's a little large. It's a little crazed. Right. Uh, but I but I have old stuff. I collect I collect what I... You I call it vintage. Wear? I do. I you have just... more clothes than most women. My I have a friend uh, who... Uh, Barbara in L.A. Right. Hi, Barbara. Hello. And she uh, uh, has a lot of clothes, but as she said, uh, we'd have a tough time living together unless we had a separate apartment just for our closets. Right. <laughs> It's a, uh, you know, my husband has a lot of comic books, and uh, so he has most of the storage. And when I say he has a lot of comic books, they're mine comic books too. Yeah. now because I'm in, I'm on board with the comic books. Uh, What's I your usually, husband's name? His name is Andrew Ashcraft. Andy Ashcraft, good people. There's a dork origin. What, is, what does he do? He is a he is a he makes video games for a living. He oh. made uh, he's working at Disney Mobile. He's a contract guy, and uh, he just finished uh, Cars Two. Uh, where you buy a car and you get to drive it on the so iPad. So he has like a job that pays money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, unlike, you, to, unlike you and I. Exactly. <laughs> he used to have insurance. Huh? Huh? Yeah, and it was you, great. And you live in Van Nuys? We do. We and do. you have a house? We have a little house. The and you have a garage we apartment? Do. We do not have a... Oh, there's, see, the thing is, is he wants... I was looking. He wants so badly to build like a little game room, which right. could also be used as a dining room, because uh, we, we have a 1951 tract house. Right. And it's adorable, and I would love it. Um, I do love it. The only thing I wish is that we had enough room to have a dinner party, but we oh. do not. Because it's it's a it's a sit it's a eat in kitchen, and it's just a very small it's a nine hundred sixty six square foot house. Sounds nice, and it, but it's adorable, yeah. and um and we have a really big vegetable. How long have you been? Back. How long have been married? We have been married five years. And how'd you I meet? know it? How'd you meet? The interwebs. It's interesting. The web is very good. I the the barber, the one I mentioned, like, yeah. I can't say she's a friend. She's really a girlfriend oh. because we've we've been naked. So I think that immediately yeah, yeah. jumps you to girlfriend. Barbara, I hope you don't mind this conversation, but it's too late now. How's it working uh, out? She she stripped down pretty good. Uh, fabulous, excellent, fabulous, well done. fabulous, if you're gonna, fabulous, if, fabulous. If you're going to mention it, let's she say is the, positive She things. is the the dream naked girl. Okay. Um, hi, Barb. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah. So, and so, I should say a little Piper, but she has a dog that sleeps in the bed under the covers, this little dachshund thingamajob. Like a wiener dog? It's like a weird, the first night it, it crawled over and I thought it was a, like a giant rat. Because right. Because I wasn't used to the dog there. Right. A little scary, but now we show, oh, that's her calling me now, probably. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Andrew Cole, let me just say this. So people should go out and they should see meeting Spencer. 
Right. They should. Or, or look for it on the web. Or, on, or, or Netflix start, streaming or go, in about a month and a half. Yeah, or start a campaign to uh, you know make it a cult film. If they could make it a cult film for me, that would be really that, good. That would be excellent. Yeah. It's just like one of those movies yeah. where you're Or if like, anyone out there is thinking, oh, I've got some money. I want to make a movie. You know, I'm, I'm It turns open. out I'm available. Write. I yeah. write. I, I don't direct, thank God. <laughs> do, you, do you want to direct? I don't even think I want to direct. <laughs> I, I don't. I'm not obsessed. I would direct my play. If I put my play back up, I could direct my play. I don't think i could direct a film okay i I don't think i i don't think it's i think one of the problems the film industry and i'm sure that well i don't want to say well what the hell there's literally dozens of people listening okay so all these writers became directors Mm -hmm. and all these directors decided i want to write okay the directors that decided to become writers have taken a lot of business from just the writers right because they want to direct their own stuff Oh right. So they're getting in the way. And if you look at the if you if you went and graphed up the great mm-hmm, directors mm-hmm. and then they wrote their own films and did them. Yep. Yeah, not as good. Can you name one? Um, I can't even think no, of one. No, because I might work with them. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. I know that Angelina Jolie has written and directed her first film. But that's a super drama that she got made because it's her. Who I like. I just saw Salt the other night again. Remember oh, Salt? Oh, I never did. She plays a secret agent. I was busy um you know what? She she is the best action female. It's right. weird that she is that good. I've never seen. Mr. I didn't Mrs. get to see. Smith. Yeah, I didn't she's see Mr. Like, Mrs. Smith. I didn't see the the Tomb Raider one, and I haven't seen the. And she did all thing. the Tomb Raider, and and she is for. And you wouldn't think she's of it. She's like a rock star. She's a rock star action. Yeah, action chick. Right. Sorry, chick. But whatever. No, that's fine. I don't think she'll mind. When she does action films. Yeah. I mean, you name a female. Who she does nails that. it. She's Kate Beckinsale and her vampire mm-hmm, cockeyed mm-hmm. group and Angelina Jolie. Right. I did like, um, and this was not, there was no fighting, uh, oh. which was V for Vendetta with, uh, with, uh, Queen oh, Amidala. Yeah. Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman. That yeah. was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. That was a great movie. But she's though. not going to do any more action films, I don't think. I don't mm-hmm. see her jumping off the buildings as much anymore. I think, well, she might, uh, you know, everyone wants to go serious eventually. And then they, and then, and then they realize went, they need to actually get paid. <laughs> right. And then they're like, I will be a character actor. You know, like there's an arc with it. Eddie Pepitone is a friend of mine in a comic. And, uh, um, you relate to Joe Pepitone? I don't think so. No. Eddie Pepitone, he's a Long Island guy though. Oh. And, uh, I think I've heard of Eddie Pepitone. I think I've asked the same question. <laughs> Joe Pepitone Every was time. the first baseman for the Yankees. Oh, you know, I do not, I believe he is not. And no, Eddie, I think I've, I think I asked the same question. I might have asked it of him for all I know. Is he a comic? He is a comic. He might have been on my show. Has he ever been here? I don't think he has. No, because uh, I would have invited him on because of his name alone. Eddie Pepitone is, is yeah. a great comic and he's just, he's the kind of guy. It was so funny because his career's kind of taken off a lot in the last year. He's, right. he's gotten a lot of bit parts and, and he's starting to work a lot more and he's, and he's a great comic. But um, I said, what would you, you got a, you got a recommendation? You got a, uh, why do you think it's working now? You know, one of those asshole questions right. that people ask. And he genuinely goes, don't quit before the miracle, man. Don't quit before the miracle. <laughs> and great. I was like, hello and welcome to the 12 step program. That is the entertainment industry. Uh, Andrew Cole, you've done vital work. Thank you so much for being on the dark forest. I am here for you. Anytime you call me, anytime the dark forest has a, uh, an, has opening, an opening, you just call me and I will be there. Excellent. Thank okay. you so much. Thank and you. thanks for listening, everybody. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat, my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh, my God. We, why don't we just call that as the end of the show?